Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Hello, I'm Neville Hawcock, Deputy Arts Editor of the Financial Times. I'm podcasting today from Shadowcatchers, the evocatively named new show at the V&A, which is devoted to cameraless photography. With me are Francis Hodgson, the FT's photography critic, and Martin Barnes, curator of the show. Cameraless photography, is this a contradiction in term? I think a lot of people associate cameras with photography in that they feel it's, in fact completely necessary to have a camera to make a photograph so I suppose what I'm doing is challenging that assumption to start with and then showing some of the great work that can be made without a camera. There's some very striking images here, a a lot of them drawn from nature. Are we seeing something quite old or quite new here do you think? Cameraless photography goes back to the beginnings of photography and in fact I suppose you could argue that it's almost pre-photographic. There are documents of um, people making images with light and shadow or shadow blocking light sensitive surfaces that go back many hundreds of years. So it is an old technique but it's something which this show which highlights five contemporary artists is using in a kind of contemporary way. So it's reviving um, older process and uh, at what you can do with it in a, a, modern, a modern way. Francis, do you think some of these artists are reacting against the very various technical possibilities of digital photography? I do very much so and I think it's very important that they are. I think that to plunge back rather greedily into a rich cultural tradition of various kinds of photographic activity is a very important thing for them to do. Some of these graphic patterns could probably be achieved by digital means but it's very important that they haven't been and they've been achieved in these sometimes incredibly laborious manual and research-based processes which give a great depth beyond the surface of each picture. Uh, Just to go back to something Martin was saying, I mean, if you think of something as simple as a kid's tent left on a grass lawn, that is a cameraless photograph. When you take the tent away, the shadow of a brass trap on somebody's skin when they've been sunbathing is a cameraless photograph. So that actually the idea that people have been trying to seize hold of these almost natural markings for many hundreds of years is an important and an old one underlying much of what we see here. The pictures here are much, much more complicated than that, but many of them hark back to that very direct contact between the real world and the mark that you see. Martin, the word that I hear all the time as I go around in my head is the word aura, Mm. that early photographers were interested in the idea that something had been in direct contact with the paper that preserved its marks. Is that something you were thinking of when you started putting together the show? Before we get on to that, I think there's a question about uh, the organic quality of a lot of the pictures. I mean, yes, they're made by traditional photographic chemistry, and that, you know, it's pre-digital, and a lot of the subject matter of the artist's works, which involve a lot of water, uh, plant materials, uh, botanical specimens, human bodies, there is this sort of organic uh, quality about it, and with, with that, 
with light refracting through water and uh, through leaves and plants, you get this kind of uh, halations of light and this sort of luminosity that appears almost to come out of the pictures rather than being reflected off. So I think that makes us feel there's a kind of erratic quality about something and that they they have that kind of glow of energy that seems to come from have an authenticity that comes from the object and from the process of making but yes there is a sort of deeper value in that kind of that word that is invested in a lot of the, the work for me one of the very central pieces in the show and i'm sure you think of it the same way is florist news extraordinary picture of a photogram laid out on the floor approximately life-size with the shadow of a person sitting on a chair. The chair is there, the shadow is still there, but the person has gone. And that, again, it's very close to the aura. The idea that you can capture a shadow, which is, of course, where you got the title of the show, seems to me something which is very close to the photographic enterprise's core and has been since the very beginning. That piece is a, it spells out the, the title of the show, but it also contains many of the ideas in the exhibition, which is about the idea of the trace and, or a sign of something that exists after the, the moment has happened. That person that sat on the chair is long gone, but the, the trace is still there on the floor. And we, what happens when you look at it as a viewer is you're trying to fill in the missing pieces with your imagination. And that, that's, I think that's what all of the works in the exhibition have, is that they make you work as a viewer and they challenge your imagination in, in a different way from regular photographs, which tend to provide you with all the information or they suggest something that you ought to be tackling in a, a different way, in a documentary way. These pictures leave room for that imaginative exploration. They certainly do, but there seems to me to be another point of view, which is to say, in the history of photography, there's always been a split between realism and metaphor, and that the metaphorical strand tends to be forgotten and we tend to, certainly people who aren't used to looking at pictures tend to go, I've been to that place rather than saying it makes me think of something in the way that a Turner or a, a painting, things from other traditions would do. This deliberately, because people have seized actual objects by the direct transfer of the light, it's very realist but it's very richly metaphorical at the same time. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the way in which the two photographic strands of, if you like, fact and trusting the real world, and then also poetry, non-fact, coalesce in the show, which I must say took me by surprise as I came in. I was expecting to see much more fact. I was expecting to see things transmitted directly by light onto photographic light-sensitive paper. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that plus this much more symbolic, metaphorical, poetical, rather more leisurely way of looking at the world, which I have to say I like very much. I have to say I agree with you there, Francis. I think some of the images are very striking like that. Even Flois uh, Noisus's images, which are very simply made by placing a model onto photographic paper and exposing it to the light, so all that's left is a shadow. They do have quite a charge, oddly mm. enough. It's interesting what uh, Francis was saying about this, this sort of dialogue between... Uh, fact and metaphor in a way one of the debates we've had with a lot of the artists in the show has been about abstraction and although some of the works in the exhibition appear at first glance to be literally abstract forms um, they are, many of them are in fact made by real things, real objects so they're not actually abstracted from something else, they are that thing itself so the language we use to describe them might talk of them as being like abstract paintings. Some of them have that appearance, but they're, they're not abstracted, they're real. 
I quite agree. I, more than that, I mean, I, I find myself as I go around trying to see whether the points of reference that I have to make sense of these various objects are in fact photographic or are they natural? So that you look at blades of grass, leaves, bits of water, you think, well, I don't need a photographic culture to make sense of these, but of course without a photographic culture, they don't have anything like the same resonance as they do in fact. For me, it's terribly important that they are, however distant from what we think of, they are photographs. They, they, they have photographic roots. And that means that we know how to make sense of them because photography is all of our shared culture. And these are just five artists who are pushing photography as far as it can go, but actually backwards as well as forwards. Mm -hmm. And I very much respond to the idea that some of these processes are very old and have been tried and tinkered with throughout the history of photography. You end up, I believe this is a contemporary art space. We're in a contemporary art show. These are all contemporary art people, but richly dependent on the line of thinking that precedes them. Well, I think we can see that uh, with the opening image in the show, which is a, a photogram of the famous Fox Talbot window. Mm. Well, w yes, what it is is a life-sized photogram of the, as you say, the famous, uh, the iconic window that was the subject of the first photographic negative, which was made by Fox Talbot in 1835. Of course, Fox Talbot's original negative is tiny. It's, uh, it's often described as being no bigger than a postage stamp. It's actually a little bit bigger than that, but it is very, very small, and it's now kept in a box at the National Media Museum because it's so light-sensitive that no one can really actually look at it anymore. But it has become a great icon. At the time that Talbot made it, I'm sure it was partly a practical solution because he can make a picture indoors with a small camera, light is coming through the window and it's a sensible subject to make a picture. But it's become a kind of great metaphor for the beginning of a different way of seeing. It's like a, the window on the world that photography became. So the first picture in the exhibition by Flores Nuisis uh, is a photogram of that window, which challenges that the dominance of the negative and the camera that began at the moment that Fox Talbot made that negative of the window. So it's, the, it's an alternative trajectory and something that, I guess... Technically, Talbot could have done. He could have papered the window, the famous lattice window, with photographic paper and made photograms of the window, but he, he didn't do that. He, he made the negative. But he continued to make negatives and photograms even after he discovered how to make negatives. So that, that's interesting to me. I think he felt there was something about the authenticity of touch or of uh, what Francis was saying about aura, a kind of description of silhouette that has this, this quality of... Uh, it's a haptic quality. It's about the sense of touch. I, I quite agree, and I, I, I find that most, I suppose, of the pieces here, the reason that they are moving is because one is puzzling away with one's right brain at how they come to be the way they do come to be, while one's left brain is perfectly free to be moved or shaken by emotional mm. content. Uh, yeah, haptic, if you like, but also controlled, the experiments have led somewhere. There's a sense of achievement in these pieces, which is far different to... Uh, well, certainly in the best of these pieces, which is far different to that doodling quality that one sees in so much contemporary art, which claims to be free from much of the culture that preceded it. Francis Hodgson, Martin Barnes, thank you very much. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, 
What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.